Yo, what's going on, y'all? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode. Yo, it's your boy. Had a little brain freeze there. I ain't even cold. It's your boy, the Wody, the man, the wolf, D Jackson. I don't know what that means, but what's up, y'all? It's another episode. Um, glad y'all could be here. Listen with me wherever y'all at in the car. Uh, on your way to work, on your way for a drive, um, taking a yeah, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. Taking a shower, I listen to podcasts. So I'm in taking a shower, whatever you can do to kill time. Uh, if you're using that time to listen to your boy, first of all, <laughs> you ain't got shit to do. Jesus, you got nothing better to do. Uh, and second, I appreciate it. Let's get straight in to the action, right? So. It's kind of a lot been going on NBA-wise, right? So, NFL's winding down. I'm kind of ready for it to go. Um, one thing I've noticed this year, over and this year, meaning this season, you know, and last year is what I'm mostly talking about, is how we, we cruise through the seasons just really just based off, like, narratives right so let me adjust my, my joints here it seems like we get through the season just based off narratives and i say that because um for instance at the beginning of the year as far as the nfl uh russell wilson was already mvp uh to be quite honest it was russell wilson's mvp to lose if for any reason russell wilson had uh, the seahawks had a better record than the packers um, if, if it was 12 and four versus, uh, 13 and three, I don't know how things go. I think it's one more game. I'm not sure if it's one more game, if they're doing that yet, but anyway, um, it seems like it's been his, it was his MVP to lose and, and, and it has been, and it was, and it's probably going to be Rogers. Right. And in the NBA, we have that same deal. And it feels like when you, it's like the opposite when you MVP, It's like you have this, you have everything to lose, and it's a couple points I I want to get through because it's been um it's been getting to me just a little bit, not getting to me, getting to me, but you know what I mean. The first thing, Giannis, right? So I'm watching the NBA inside the NBA yesterday. They lost to the Lakers last night by seven. They lost to the Nets uh, either night before last or the night before that by two. Um, new pieces. Um, two years removed from Brogdon, no Eric Bledsoe, Drew Holiday is there, Middleton has a, uh, moving up road, uh, upper role, uh, Bobby Porter's, um, all these casters bought in, um, but DiVincenzo has a, a bigger role off the bench, uh, it looks like they're doing a lot of different things, and we are in game, I was about to say week 13, this is game 13, like, out of 72. All right, so we start there. Uh, the second thing I start I saw was uh, inside the NBA guys and mostly Shaq uh, kind of not going at I wouldn't say going at Donovan Mitchell. Um, I think he was saying that to to get a response and a typical response, the '80s baby, '90s baby, '80s babies, '90s raised response. Um, if he said, you know, I don't think y'all can get to the next level, the, the, 
the response would have been, should have been, in my opinion, well, we just going to show you. Right, and he did say it at the end, and that's why Shaq kind of, you know, at the end they kind of cleaned it up. It was a little awkwardness there when um, Donovan Mitchell was like, "All right," and then it was a little awkwardness, and they cleaned it up. And uh, Shaq, he's like, "You know, we're gonna play." Donovan Mitchell said, "We're gonna play. They gonna get better." And Shaq was like, "Okay, that's just what I wanted to hear." You know, he, he he said that to get a response, and the response was was that you just gotta like say something back, fight back. Like you can't. You can't just complain that these cats like the JaVale McGee thing, right? Um, now, if, if JaVale McGee's presence on Shaq and the Fool was the reason why it, why, why it could have been difficult for him to get jobs or spots, I can understand his gripe. But at the same time, you fucking did the, you, the clips of you. The montages... Of you doing dumb shit. So at the at, so at one point, I can't understand um, the call for to stop what could could be perceived as bullying. But if you do the shit, you fucking did it. Like a, a you can't make a Javale McGee montage without Javale McGee. Like if they just showed the same stupid clips from four years ago. Every single week, that's different. But you did something stupid every single week. So, what you expect? Rudy Gobert, right? So, Shaq went at Rudy Gobert a couple weeks ago. And, you know, and this is definitely me not um, uh, defending those cats. They don't, obviously, they don't need me defending them. And, and they're, they're casuals anyway, just like the Christian Wood thing. They're casuals. Uh, I think they just watch the big games, not all of them. I think Ernie and Kenny actually watch games or they look at the games actually i think they actually do research on um on basketball kenny does um has like a basketball camp so i'm sure he's basketball from top to bottom you don't run a basketball camp unless you're basketball top to bottom and i think ernie watches basketball because he's the only non-basketball player so to me and somebody in that role they probably have to do a little bit more as far as research just to be on the same level, just to kind of almost sort of see things at the same level as these cats, you know, can see them. Um, but it's obvious. But most people didn't know who the fuck Christian Wood was last year. We're like, we can all keep we keep it real. Nobody's watching Detroit Pistons games. Detroit Pistons have the lowest, before COVID, no fans went there. Before COVID, nobody watched the games. The only reason I know a Christian Wood is because I gamble. He's the only reason why we know a Christian Wood. Christian Wood is not a he wasn't a household name last year. Christian Wood was getting opportunities and spots to come up off the bench and get more minutes and he got that spot and he succeeded. He can score, he can hoop. But but you know, bringing up Christian Wood and saying, "Oh, you're a casual." You can be a basketball fan, not want to watch Detroit Pistons. The Detroit Pistons come on. They came on last night. I'm not watching the Detroit Pistons. I'm not watching Blake Griffin get 10 points. I'm not watching Derrick Rose get 13 and 6 and whoever else is on the team. Nobody's watching it. So I do understand the casual thing. But at the same time, this dude played for the Detroit Pistons. Nobody is watching or trying to go to a Detroit Pistons game. It just don't work like that. This ain't 1991. It's been a long way since 2004. Um... And then the Rudy Gobert thing, this is, you know, i just been kind of 
been kind of just watching everything for the past week. You know, the Rudy Gobert thing. Shaq came out as a hater. And the reason why I say he's a hater, and he's a hater because he spoke on it in general. He spoke on the money, right? And there's ways to be um, honest, and there's ways to get to a point without being harsh, right? So you can know somebody and something good happened for them, but maybe something, maybe they did something stupid. And then how they got it was luck. And I'm not saying how, you know, this is go bear situation. I'm just kind of like trying to explain a- another situation. But you have to be happy for them getting the end goal. Not for the little trials and tribulations of them getting the end goal. Or maybe you think they're not as deserving of the end goal as somebody else would. It's just not your place to say. So it wasn't place Shaq's place to say. Oh, he only doing this and that. He shouldn't have got two hundred million. But as he said at the beginning of the clip, he's G fourteen classified. So if anybody can talk about, who can talk about stats then? So if Shaquille O'Neal can't say that a dude averaging eleven and twelve, keep it real, eleven and twelve, he's averaging eleven points to twelve rebounds this year. A dude averaging eleven and twelve, and he think it should be three blocks. 11 to 12 and 3 and 200 million. If nobody can say that, if Shaq can't say it, then who can? And you know, and that's one of the main reasons I don't I don't uh have too much gripe with what Shaq and Barkley usually say. Um they're usually wrong anyway, but you can tell they only watch the big games and they only watch the big games when they have to. Which is, you know, it's they got the greatest gig in the world. They got the best sports show ever. Um they obviously don't have to have much research to get things done. Um, and they can just talk and be themselves and still a great show. Uh, but at the end of the day, if former players can't critique these new players and the media can't critique these new players and the fans can't critique these new players, then who can? Then what are we watching? What are we fans of? What are people paying jerseys and all this stuff? You know, you get to have an opinion what's good or bad. Now, it's up to them whether they let that opinion affect them or not. And it's also up to you if you want that opinion to come off harsh or bullshitting or you just being rude about it. But, you know, I think that their, their pushback toward the, the media is the, the pushback they, they're kind of circling toward everybody. So, like, to me, there's different parts of the media. There's, like, the ESPN talking head inside the NBA kind of talking head media. And then there's the writers, um, the beat writers, and the cats that actually control what goes on. See, what the NBA players did and what they're trying to get back is, you know, in the 80s and 90s and the 70s and 60s and all the way before this, they didn't have a voice. So their voice usually came through a, a, a certain writer, maybe a beat writer for the for the team. And, um, you know, if you had some... Some words or thoughts and expressions will go out. It will go to the writer and the writer would express that form. Well, there's no need for that today. But the last 50 years, been that. So it's a lot of it's a lot of pushback. You know, I don't like that media members choose All-NBA. I don't like that media members choose MVP. Uh, because we've already seen, they've already said it themselves. Plenty of them have that. They based it off narrative too. So they're not even watching stats and shit. Like, I seen um, Kyrie got uh, snubbed off a second-team list. And uh, the dude was a Cleveland guy. He put he put Drummond on that second team. Like, like you, know, you, you can't 
you can't have everything. Like the media wants to be able to say whatever they want without, you know, without criticism. The players want to play however they want without criticism. And then there's just just whining and crying uh, all in between. It's 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 pretty confusing to me. You know, it almost if you were fussing for just good old gambling, I wouldn't be watching at all. And actually, I don't watch. I just I watch it. I follow a lot of statistics. I I, I read a lot of I, I read hours and hours of shit, stats. You know, advanced stats and all that shit. And I watch the big games. I watch uh small games sometimes, depending on what I'm gambling on or if I have an eye for something. Um. But the, the 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 play is just not that good, to be honest with you. It, I could watch anybody and just get the 115. Two garbage teams can get the 120. Like, it, it, watching the Hawks and Pistons does really does nothing for me. And um, But that, oh, that's another story. I just think within the this, this short span of time we've had, 13 games, um, COVID, even if... Uh, Nobody's getting, uh, you know, you know, sick from COVID. As far as NBA players, you know, they're still getting it. Well, they're not actually. Nobody's actually expressing any type of effects for it. Even though you see people be out for like two weeks, three weeks, and they, you know, and nobody's saying nothing about it about how it affected them. Another reason I didn't want sports back around. I didn't want sports back to come back because sports gives the illusion that everything is normal. That's why, you know, uh, our former president wanted sports and everything to get back going. Because once sports get back going, now everybody will forget about anything, as we already have. The Super Bowl now, they're going to have 22,000 people in in in, uh, in a stadium. Um, and we're at the worst COVID numbers in the, in, the, in the world, easily. We have been for like the last maybe five months. Um, sports makes everything seem like it's normal. Um, when it actually is not. Uh, so between all the mixed up lineups, all the different lineups, I mean, you know, KD didn't even play like two weeks, uh, like 10 days really, um, because he came in contact with somebody that had COVID. He didn't have COVID itself, which is a contact tracing thing. So uh, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of new lineups, a lot of different lineups. Uh, if you look at the Miami Heat, Miami Heat are not even playing anybody. Jimmy Butler is in and out. Um, Tyler Hero is in and out. Uh, Dragic is off the bench, but he might come, he might start again. It's just so many things. Um, that's been all around. We saw earlier, uh, last week that, uh, the 76ers played, they played a game with like eight players on the active roster and, um, uh, Maxi, uh, a rookie they bought and had to come in and, you know, score 40 just, to, he had to come in and score enough for them to lose. Um, uh, so I, I just think there's a lot going on and I, I don't think that. Everything should just be um, mixed in and judged so quickly. Um, and, and, you know, with people like Mitchell, Mitchell's 25. Giannis is 26. Like the, the, I guess it's our, you know, the fan pressures, media pressures, this championship, championship thing. And I understand it. You know, everybody, you know, want to have their legacy of championships are, are, are part of legacy, but. To sit there and talk to Donovan Mitchell. And I, and I, I want to bring up the Utah Jazz too. Because the Utah Jazz uh, blew a 3-1 lead last year. And the Utah Jazz for the two years before that. Actually for the three years before that. Get absolutely swept, demolished by the Houston Rockets. So it's not like the Utah Jazz have been this proven product. Um, When 
I don't even think they make it out of the second round. They get thumped every time. Every time they make it to the second round, they it would come across the Rockets and they get thumped. And then last year they got thumped. They up three one and they still get thumped by Denver. So, you know, I don't want to make any excuses for Utah, especially a Rudy Gobert. These cats are making hundreds of millions of dollars uh, to play a game. Uh, the least they can do is uh, stop fucking crying about uh, a little bits of criticism uh, because you make two hundred million dollars to put the ball. In hoop, and just because somebody said you don't put the ball in the hoop a lot, um, I don't think we need a, a fucking anti-bullying campaign, which I sh- I'm sure we'll we'll be having coming soon. Uh, another thing I wanted to uh, discuss: speaking of uh, young players, and this is young players going to absolute waste, and it's something I also spoke uh, spoke about on the last podcast. Uh, Deshaun Watson, right? So. So Deshaun Watson's obviously not happy with the Texans. Nobody's happy with the Texans. Nobody should ever be happy with the Texans. If you are a Texans fan and you are happy with the Texans or you are complacent with the Texans because, oh, well, we did this anyway. Oh, well, we're going to do this anyway. Oh, well, they like this anyway. Then you're a dummy, right? It makes no sense to be a fan of struggle it actually don't make sense to be a fan uh, anyways especially your texans fan uh you've had the worst quarterbacks you've had the worst coaches um and if they're going on to do uh, some of the worst business that you've ever seen uh the person that should have been traded years and years ago um uh, which is jj watt they could have got everything for him they never traded right because back in the day by back in the day i mean like three years ago um the texans had this ideology that they're going to build their defense like you know the 85 bears the ravens the bucks more recently seattle is what led them deeper and deeper into the uh delusional tunnel um when they saw uh teams start to just build defense and that's all they've always doing that's why they got clowny that's why they got uh, that's why they had watt how far back was that um that's why they got clowny and then clowny is gone he's been gone for like three years now um actually let's let's look up there let's look up when Clowney got drafted because Clowney, uh it feel like he's been in the league fucking eight years when he's been in the league since 2014 so you know six or seven years uh six or seven seasons he's been in the nfl and he's been gone from the texans for like three of them right because he wanted to get the fuck out of there. Uh, you had a top three wide receiver, which is DeAndre Hopkins, which you traded for absolutely nothing. Uh, you had an all-time receiver, a Hall of Fame receiver, Andre Johnson, and you never got him a quarterback to throw him the ball ever for like maybe 13 years. At least 12 or 13 years. So you finally get a quarterback, right? Which I was very, very surprised by. I remember... Um, I remember that draft, and I remember thinking a small thing to do was take the John Watts, but there's a couple things I, I didn't think to do. First, he's black. I didn't think they would ever have a black quarterback, period. They had plenty of chances. Vince Young should have been here. Um, they should have traded everything they could have ever traded in the history of trading things to get Vince Young in, in uh, a Houston, Texas uniform, first of all. That should have been done a long time ago. And in my opinion, since they never actually went for that, um, 
it, it, it wasn't going to happen. That's just how I, how I thought about it. Um, and another reason I didn't think of, think they'd take him because he's actually a good quarterback, right? So if you have a quarterback, you know, in college, of course, it's hard to predict how good talent will be when they come out. Obviously, if they, you know, obviously that we, we don't we can't read the fucking future here. Um, but if you have a quarterback that was mature enough to have an excellent, excellent game against a dynasty like Alabama, then in my opinion, even if he lost the game, which he didn't, even if he lost the game, that gives you more than enough credence to let you know that for big situations, it's nothing to him. It's absolutely nothing to him. So those are the reasons why I didn't think um, we're going to look up his stats. So those are the reasons why I didn't think they would actually draft him, right? So they drafted him. And um, the first year, you know, it's just pretty much been Hopkins. And then last year they had Will Fuller. And then Will Fuller had the, the PED suspension. Along with a lot of other players uh, that same uh, PED suspension. Probably like four or five of them, actually. And it was all the same reason. And it was two of them from from the Texans. So I'm sure they just got messed around with their doctor or whatnot. But this year, you know, Will Fuller probably, you know, probably like week six or seven. Um... And on their roster, I remember looking up their roster. Told y'all be gambling. Um, they had Kiki Kutet. They had uh, a cat named um, something uh, Hanson. Let me go to. Um, they had Brandon Cooks, and they had uh, Randall Cobb. Right, so Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb. You know, uh, Randall Cobb had some, some moments of consistency, but for the most part, those two have been kind of in and out with injuries. Um. Yeah, they've been in and they've been battling injuries. You know, uh, Cobb can step up when he's not injured, but he was even injured most of last year when he was with the Cowboys. Just you know, just unfortunate how he's been gone because he 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 can he a, he a beast. And just like Brandon Cooks, I mean, you know, just tic tac injuries along with getting his tic tac rattled. Uh, what how many times he had goddamn cushions and everything, but you know, Chad Hansen, which is, which is his cast name. So this dude is not throwing it to anybody, you know, and not, you know, I would say no disrespect. I don't know these cats. Most people don't know these cats. Keith Tess, like a rookie, a second year, Chad Hansen, rookie, second year, you know, we don't know these people. And still, 344, he threw for 344, 318, 341, 219, that's against Chicago when they got their ass whipped, 373, 324, and 363. This motherfucker threw for 4,800 yards with 33 touch. Let me, I gotta, I'm gonna write it down. 4,823, 4,823, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. That's with no offensive line. Let's go look up how many times he's been sacked. Quarterback sacked the most. NFL leaders. He's third. He's been sacked 49 times. 
Russell Wilson at 52. Carson Wentz at 50. Deshaun Watson at 49. So he's been sacked the third most times in the NFL this year. He had absolutely no receivers for the majority of the year. And even if you say Will Fuller, Will Fuller has some good games. Will Fuller is not a top 15 receiver. Maybe even top 20. And he had 4,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, and 7 intercepts, right? So, we're going to circle that wagon a little bit. Let's go to the NFL draft. NFL draft order, right? All right, so Jacksonville. That's the first pick, right? Jacksonville Jets. Miami. Falcons. If you are the Atlanta Falcons, you tell me what you have to lose by trading three years worth of picks for Deshaun Watson. Now, let's see what what year Matt Ryan is in as far as his contract is concerned. Because it is obvious that Matt Ryan's time is up, right? He had 4,500 yards, right? And it's trash time yards. I told y'all about Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is the best trash time quarterback. He's like Matt Stafford. They play. Oh shit! This, the video came off. So I'm, I'm like looking around, like who the fuck is in my room talking? The they play in the most meaningless games ever. Him and uh, Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford. They play in meaningless, meaningless games, and they throw a whole lot of yards. It's just how it is. I'm not saying they're terrible quarterbacks, um, but they just haven't had the the, the team set. Of course, Matt Ryan's going to the Super Bowl. They lost in the worst Super Bowl loss probably in NFL history. But other than that. The, the 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 games can be very very meaningless, and it just turns into these these games for no reason. You know, they took an L to Kansas City, took a, two L's to Tampa Bay. You know, the game between Tampa Bay, KC, and then Tampa Bay again. This dude has nine hundred yards passing, and the opponent scored forty four seventeen and thirty one. He had nine hundred yards passing, so. It's a lot of, you know, just irrelevant, irrelevant time uh, that this cat is just throwing the ball. Um, so, obviously, the Jacksonville Jaguars should do it. Um, if they want to come in and win it right now, and this is p- the best time to compete in a division right now, even though it's a division rival, so I'm not sure if that trade was going to happen. But if the trade was going to happen, it would be. For a franchise quarterback, for a franchise quarterback. The Texans get a fresh start to fuck up another quarterback. And the Jacksonville gets a fresh, already polished quarterback. One that they've never had in a very, very long time. I can't think of a good Jaguars quarterback ever. Like I, I remember one year they went to... The AFC Championship, you know, they had the year and they lost to Ty Brady, but, excuse me, that was all defense. And Blake Borders is, is horrible. They went another year. It's not Mark Brunel. I have, I have no idea who the best quarterback in Jaguars history is. I could ask you that about a lot of, um, a lot of franchises. 
Uh, most franchises are poverty franchises. Most franchises that have a have one great quarterback, they usually will have two um, all time because those are the smart franchises. Look at the San Francisco 49ers. You know, you can go all throughout history. Joe Montana and Steve Young. You got the coach. Uh, Roger Starback, Peyton Manning. They're just franchises that have a history of amazing quarterbacks. Look at the Cleveland Browns. None. Look at the Cincinnati Bengals. None. Um, Seattle Seahawks just got one. And that's just because they just kind of restructured within the last 20 years. They restructured their entire culture. Before 20 years ago, um, 18, 20 years ago, the Seahawks were in the same boat. Um... With the uh, and the Cardinals was too. The Cardinals revamped themselves too. Both of those franchises were poverty franchises. They were the Browns and they were the Bengals. Uh, they were they were they could have been even worse. The Seattle was more like the the Bengals, really. Yeah, Seattle more like the Bengals than anybody. Um, but moving on, the Jets, the Jets. Sam Donald's not getting you anywhere. Let's look up Sam Donald's stats. I know he missed some games. Um. But we we're not gonna look at his overall season becoming that because of that. We'll look at his individual games. The individual games he played: two hundred sixty-six yards, one hundred seventy-five yards, two hundred and seven, one thirty-two, one eighty-six, one ninety-seven, one thirty-three, one twenty, two thirty, one sixty-nine, one seventy-nine. First of all, I said one too many fucking times. If two, four, six, eight, ten. 12 games is here, and nine of them got a one at the beginning. I think you can make this trade for Deshaun Watson. It doesn't matter how many years worth the first rounders you actually trade. The Miami Dolphins, we already know. It's an absolute fact. The Cincinnati Bengals have Joe Burrow. The, the Eagles have Hurts. Um, the Lions should absolutely make, absolutely should try to do this. Carolina probably could, but they have Bridgewater. The Broncos should absolutely do something like this. And the Broncos have plenty of pieces that they could trade along with that. So they wouldn't have to maybe give up three years worth of picks. Give up four years worth of picks. Maybe just two and some players. Um, give them anything. It doesn't matter. The Cowboys. Give them anything. It doesn't matter. You're losing that. Give them anything. It doesn't matter. The Giants. Give them anything. It doesn't matter. 49ers. Give them anything. It doesn't matter. The Chargers. Just get one. You just got one. Minnesota Vikings. Give up anything. You got two wide receivers. You got a running back. And you have Kirk Cousins at quarterback. Give up everything. I say all that. What I just said in the last uh, 16 hours to say this. Teams are going to go for it. This franchise is just going to go for it. This franchise does not. This franchise is with nuts of steel, ironclad balls. And this is some franchises that don't. I think the Clippers trade was a horrible trade. But who else is going to step up and say, hey, fuck it. Six rounds worth of picks? Y'all can have them. We want who we perceive as a top five player which is Paul George, and he comes with a package with another top five player, which is Kawhi Leonard. You got to make the decision. The Nets made a decision. I think it's probably a bad one. At the end of the day, they cashed out for easily one of the greatest players of all time. Right? So I'm not a huge, uh, I'm not a huge Harden uh, fan. 
Um, uh, uh, regular season, he's one thing. Postseason, he's he's another. We all know that. We gotta get into that. Blase, blase. But at the end of the day, he'll make every individual player better. You know, and I used to. Let's say in like 15 and 16, 17, I used to give him a lot of slander. But then when you go look at the roster, you know, and I'll say, well, you got Chris Paul with him. He got Melo and Chris Paul. He got Dwight Howard. He had uh, Russell Westbrook. But ding, 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 I want y'all to do this when I'm doing it. Rockets 2017 roster. Ryan Anderson, Trevor Ariza, Tariq Black, Bobby Brown, Markel Brown, Isaiah Kanan, Clint Capella, this is Clint's first year, Eric Gordon, uh, Gerald Green, Horton, Nene, RJ Hunter, Aaron Jackson, Demetrius Jackson, Joe Johnson, year 16, Luke Abiyabamute, uh, uh, Chanao uh, Anaku, Chris Paul, Zhao Kui, a nigga from, uh, Chinese nigga from Russia, Tim Quarterman, PJ Tucker, Briante Weaver, Troy Williams, and Brandon Wright. Do I have to name these fucking names again? Because you don't know any of these people. You don't know any of them. You know Chris Paul. But imagine your number three player is Eric Gordon. Your number four player is Ryan Anderson. Your number five player is Trevor Ariza. The starting center is Nene. Clint Capella wasn't starting yet. He's a goddamn rookie. Zhao Kui. This man never even played. He's a rookie. So when you when you elevate rosters like this, just like LeBron did, um, and I'll give I just have to give Harden more credit because elevating a roster like this in the Western Conference is much harder to do than LeBron did in the Eastern Conference. But times are different, things are different, so it's it's hard to kind of gauge that. But you know, we'll see who wants to actually take the chances. You know, the, the Pelicans. We'll see if they actually want to take the chance. You know, it it, it looks like they want to just stay comfortable. They want to get a quote unquote st- structure um, around Stan Van Gundy, which I don't think is the case. I don't I don't think that's going to be a a good case. We're too clunky. Um, it's not enough shooting. Um, Zion and Ingram can score at will, but they're pretty much the only two that can. I mean, if the usage rate for them two is is incredible, uh, Eric Bledsoe and and Lonzo simply just can't shoot. Uh, Steven Adams can rebound, but there's really nothing else out there for him to do. Uh, just because there's, there's no players actually spacing the floor for him. Um. I mean, so the season's not over. You know, the NBA season's not over. The NFL season is pretty much over. But, you know, we'll see who wants to take a chance. What, what NFL franchise wants to take a chance on a top five quarterback who's like four years in, right? So if you look at the top quarterbacks, you look at Mahomes, you look at um, Rodgers, 
Deshaun Russell Wilson. Oh my, Deshaun Russell Wilson. Brady and Breeze is washed. We, I mean, we, Brady and Breeze is washed. We just watched their playoff games. Both of them just, just threw the worst passes. It just so happens that Breeze throws way worse passes, and he can't throw over twenty yards. So that the, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of what what the, what the difference was in between that. But if you got the top quarterback, Deshaun has the top five quarterback easily, and this is like year four. Year three or four. How many quarterbacks is in year three or four? And they're still trash. Kirk Cousins is in year 12. And he's still trash. Also, a couple episodes ago, I told y'all about trash backups. Next year, Cam Newton's going to have a difficult time finding a spot. And in this playoff game coming up, Chad Henney is probably going to start for the Kansas City Chiefs. Year before last, the Philadelphia Eagles ended their season with a backup quarterback who's been in the league like 15 years. Got hurt. I forgot, I forget the cat name. It's one of the McCown boys, one of the McCowns. Remember, he got hurt and they'd take him out. He's crying and shit. You know, not to, you know, go against that. It was a lot of emotion. Uh, but he shouldn't have been on the fucking field. Are there no backups? There's no backup quarterbacks anywhere? Am, am I losing it? But we'll see who wanted to take the chance, you know. Um, uh, we're already spreading, um, as discussed again in a pre- previous episode, we're already spreading really thin between great to decent quarterbacks and great to decent um, wide receivers. There's way too many wide receivers, as it's always been. There's way too many talented receivers for the amount of quarterbacks that we have. Um, but it just so happens that the great quarterback is kind of way down. Like the great quarterbacks, uh, Rodgers has Delonte. Uh, Mahomes has uh, Tyreek and, uh, and Kelsey. Russell Wilson has Lockett and Metcalf. And then you got Deshaun. So you got 25 other wide receivers with bullshit quarterbacks. All right, so at some point, this is going to upgrade. At some point, this is going to change. You know, and, and and maybe one day we actually get into these systems where a quarterback actually gets one or two years to improve themselves. Maybe they even get three years to improve themselves. I see Baker Mayfield is, is still on the field. He was still on the field. And he was abysmal for the latter part uh, of last year. Um, he had some good, uh, fun offensive games at the front, but everything was based around uh, Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, Chubb came in with Chubb has the most twenty-yard games, and he probably was out six games. So, you know, there's a lot of things that go on. You know, a, a running back to be leading the NFL in twenty yard rushes when he when he was out six or seven yard games says a fucking lot about uh, the running game that they have. Uh, Kareem Hunt is a fantastic dual bat, so it's Chubb too. Um, 
but it seems like a lot goes on. But it seems like a lot of teams are still scared. Uh, it seems like a lot of teams still don't have the identity. That's in the NFL and NBA. And a lot of the identity can come from the past. And then there's no real structural past. Like, the Pelicans don't have anybody to, from the past to call on to to come, to come through and holler anybody. There's nobody looking to the banners. That's, it's the reason why the same teams keep winning. Because the same players always end up back, always end up to those franchises, you know. The Lakers will be irrelevant for like 10 years or 8 years. But then when they realize they don't know how to draft, then they just go buy a player. Same with the Celtics. They might luck up on a draft, but more than likely, they'll just go buy a player just to stay relevant. Um, but the Lakers are known for that. The Lakers go will go eight years, clear. Like the the end of the 80s was that the era was over. And then through the 90s, they were trashed through the entire 90s. You can cut out like 91, 92. But from like 93 all the way to like 97, they were just a playoff team. Actually, it wasn't even a playoff team for like the mid parts of it. Um, I think 94, 95, and then when Shaq got there, 90s, well, Kobe was already there, Shaq got there in 96, Kobe got drafted in 96, or 97, no, Shaq got there in 97, or 96, either way, when they were both there together, they were still getting swept, they were still getting dumped, so, uh, sometimes playing these time to, to, to fucking get it together, Kobe, they were gonna break up the Lakers if they didn't beat Portland, um, that yeah, I believe the old one season. Think of think of shit like that. They're gonna break up the Lakers. Clay almost got traded for Kevin, not for Kevin Love. Yeah, for Kevin Love. David Lee started the 2015 season. The Warriors won the, the championship. David Lee started. David Lee. And they made the the switch to Draymond um, for defensive purposes, defensive energy. Uh, defensive IQ, different things like that. So, you know, a lot of things can happen. Um, Embiid and Embiid and Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is like twenty four, and he's already All NBA and he's first team All Defense, and he's in trade rumors every year. Like everybody wants to, you know, try to climb and climb, but. Everybody can't do that. Everybody can't make it like that. So, you know, the the good franchises, they get the players that they have, and they try to keep them, and they try to stay relevant. And then they'll, they'll eventually get over the hump. Everybody's trying to just buy a bunch of players all at one time, and they all want to get over. The Nets won't get over. They had depth before. They had Levert. Then with his hurt, they had Levert. They had Jared Allen. Jared Allen was doing way better than uh, DeAndre Jordan was doing. And when they shared minutes, he actually took those minutes. He took the starting spot. How you trade the person that took the starting spot? That earned the, the, the starting spot. And then you play it against him. And he still had more rebounds than everybody. Except for Durant. Durant had 12. Jared Allen had 11. DeAndre Jordan had like four rebounds. So people don't give these teams just enough time for 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 growth. You know how how good Levert was when he stepped up when Kyrie was out. You know why KD has to sit now because he plays so many minutes when Kyrie is out. Not Kyrie and Harden got to play together. Like, and Durant is the best defender on the team, and Kyrie and Harden are not even. 
not even in anything close to any defensive uh, accolades or arguments or when people talk about the best defender, even for their position. Um, so you give up a lot and you lose a lot. They lost a rim defender. They lost a rebounder. They lost the actual best defender. They lost the actual, I don't want to say they lost their best passer, but they lost their best passer and they gained another passer. But we'll see how these poverty, you know, franchises work out. The Nets is a poverty franchise. They go nowhere. They try to draft. They do a little decent. And then they buy somebody. They get all the way close. They don't make it. And then they tank out for years. And they try to buy somebody else. It don't work like that. At some point, these teams are actually going to have to draft. And cultivate their draft picks the lakers can draft but they don't even have none of the fucking draft picks just kuzma ingram gone lonzo gone julius randall gone julius randall's averaging like 22 and 12 now would you trade all that for a championship absolutely but wouldn't it be nice to have all some of that homegrown talent would be nice to have D'Lo. And I'm using the Lakers here because, you know, they're the Lakers. But, you know, they have a championship. So, that kind of voids everything. You know, as far as anything they've traded. The six years of picks they traded to the Pelicans, that's voided. The ring voids all that. Six years is nothing. They could have given up ten years. And that ring was worth ten years. Easy. Because they win it every ten years anyway. That ring is easily worth that. So we'll see how these teams try to try to develop, you know. And some teams, Sacramento, Minnesota, they just don't know how to draft at all. They get the you get the number one, two, or three pick. If you don't pick the right player, that's kind of fucking on you. How many times is Minnesota gonna be a top twelve pick? You know how many times we gotta see these, you know, these same players doing the same thing. And uh, I don't know. It just feel like a the 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 rush to be a champion and be a multiple time champion uh it just seems like a i don't know it uh, maybe this is something that's just in the league right now because lebron is in the league and that's always been lebron's narrative and it feels like everybody else is getting lebron's narrative like durant uh, automatically, oh, well, Durant never won one in OKC. Oh, we didn't ever win one. You know, it's always been something. You know, they say that about Balkan and Carl Malone in the 90s. This, so, this has always been, you know, a, an argument. But but for pressure to push KD out of OKC, which uh, you got to get the fuck out of OKC, period. Right? But to push him to the Warriors, which I had no problem with, you, you get your money. But for that same pressure to push him away from the Warriors, it's just so confusing. It just doesn't make any sense. All these cats is hoopers, right? You know, and everybody want to chase their own story. Everybody want to chase their own dream. And, but doing it a certain way is not the way you can envision it. And I'm not saying it about KD because I actually think him and on the Warriors was like beautiful, unforced basketball. Their, their cohesion actually works. It worked. Um... Him being that dude and Steph being that dude. And then Clay being that dude too. But you got to figure out, okay, I can't double either one of these dudes. And guess what? The, the other light skin nigga, he's at the wing. And whoosh, he's 
whoosh, every time. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that, that cohesion, that actually fit KD style perfectly. I didn't have a problem with him going there. Because it, it fits his, you know, he, KD has real, like, finesse style of basketball. That's why that's why he looks so cold when he be, when he playing because it's not a, you know, he, he yamming it. But it's not a forceful way of uh, playing basketball. It's a real finesse flow. He, he like he flows when he plays like Kyrie. Um, they flow when they play basketball, and you and you can see when they turn it on. It, it's on. So, you know, I didn't have a problem with him uh, going to the Warriors. Uh, I had a problem with him leaving. Actually, I'd have just fucking stayed and just, just ride it out like. What's that to prove? You don't go to Brooklyn and play yeah. You know, but yeah, obviously it's this you know, it's personal business. Yeah, that's stuff he wants to do. These cats are grown, they, they do what they do, but I like seeing him on the Warriors. I like seeing these these type of things. Um and the Warriors dynasty didn't bother me at all because it was actually homegrown. They got a championship. They was already on the run before KD even got there. And it was homegrown. Steph has been in the league since 2007. The championship didn't come to 15. Nobody thought. Steph had two fire years before the championship came. And the championship was out of nowhere. Nobody could have ever predicted that the Warriors would win 63 games. Or however many, I think 63 or 67. And win the championship that year. But they got there. First year coach. And it just clicked. And they got there. And they made it. Um, so, you know, the, the Warriors dynasty, quote-unquote dynasty, never bothered me. Uh, KD was the only free agent they signed. And um, it, it, it wasn't... It, it wasn't fake. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a different a difference to me. The, the draft and all this shit is for a reason. If we, You know, and, and Kyrie brought this up before. If we're going to have a... If the players gonna do what they want anyway, we might as well not even have a draft. Just like fucking, I don't know, like let them sign a teams. I don't know what to do. But continuously, and I don't want to, you know, I've said this plenty of times. But continuously letting the best players go to the worst poverty franchises does nothing positive. How many? How many top ten picks? Uh, Sacramento and the Timberwolves. Now I, I bring these two up because they're the worst franchises in sports. How how I mean, how long are they just gonna ruin top tier talent? Thankfully, one of these franchises is up for sale. I believe Minnesota's is up for sale and ready to go. So hopefully they'll be in Seattle soon. Um, if they're in Seattle, you might see your boy with a Seattle jersey on. You never know about that. Um, last thing before I go. I want to give y'all a, uh, you know, I've been telling everybody, no, my gambling, just trying to, you know, learn. Just trying to get it down, get my parlay game together, get my regular game together. And uh, I don't do a lot of money line, uh, spread, who's going to win, who's going to lose them, um, because I think everything is so random. And if I think the money line for the Nets night before last was like minus 500. For the against uh the Cavaliers, so imagine you go negative, not negative, a minus five hundred, uh, and you fucking lose. Uh, it's probably not uh good. So, uh, I usually do prop bets, and also there, you know, there's prop bets where, you know, who's gonna win the quarter, who's gonna win the half. 
you know, that's a little easier to determine than who's going to win the entire game. Uh, sometimes you can, uh, halftime can come and you can kind of uh, sense the momentum for the third quarter and kind of see what you want to do. Uh, you can bet that way. Uh, but the, the prop bets that I like to bet are um, on points, rebounds, points, rebounds, assists, assists, steals, blocks, different things like that. Um, I think it just have a better shot. Um, and researching it myself, you know, I I don't mind gambling. It's the reason why I like the stock market. It is, it, it is gambling, essentially. It's gambling. But you at least get to, at least get to research something. At least get to make an educated decision on if I want to invest my money into this or not. You know, so I think a gambling this I think a gambling the same way. Stock market is definitely gambling. Um yeah, you definitely gambling. If you if if there's a potential motherfuckers lose like fourteen million dollars in ten minutes, it's gambling. It's definitely gambling with your life. So my prop bet and I made it this morning, so uh, early this morning, so the odds are, are probably crazy now. It's a little bit crazy. Plus 22 points. Be 22 and a half points. Uh, I caught Gordon Hayward at plus 106. 22 and a half points over. Plus 106. They're playing the Chicago Bulls. Chicago Bulls is one of the worst defenses in the league. And he averages 22. So... If it's plus 106 and he averages 22, plus 106 on his average, that means they know something I don't know, right? Because they wouldn't give you his average and give you an extra bonus for that. But I think it's the Chicago Bulls. And if a dude averaged 22 points and they play in the Chicago Bulls, I'm going to just bet 22 points because I just think that's the smartest thing to do. So my first bet, Gordon Hayward. Uh, over 22 and a half points. That was early this morning. It might be 23 and a half points. I would still definitely do it. Um, the Chicago Bulls are off on defense. My second bet is uh, Vucevic. I call Vuce at 11 rebounds. And it might be the same way. No, it's changed. Um, I called him at 11 rebounds. And it was like plus 108. Um, right now it's minus 114, which is still a, a good deal. So the line has slightly changed, but I mean you can still definitely make money off this. Uh, they're playing against the, co- the not the Colts, uh, the Indiana Pacers. Uh, the Pacers are a good individual rebounding team, meaning Sabonis soaks all the rebounds up when Miles Turner is not playing. So Miles Turner is not playing, and even if he does play, he usually gets on like seven, six or seven rebounds, whereas Sabonis usually gets you know 13 to 15, sometimes 20. Um, and Orlando is the same way. They're not a great team rebounding team, but um, Vucevic soaks up all the rebounds. So two independent rebounding teams uh, where the center gets the majority of the rebounds, I I think Vucevic can get uh, 11. So um, I put them together. I didn't parlay them. I have some parlay bets that I'm doing later today. I just want to kind of uh, get some structure, but I have some parlay bets that I'm going to be doing later. So uh, I appreciate y'all listening. Let me know how the bets go. I'm going to definitely let y'all know how the money go. Holla.